Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to The Daniel Baldwin Show. This is Anthony Munoz, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN. Hi, this is Bruce Smith, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show here on ESPN. Jim Kelly, you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is Chris Berman, a.k.a. The Swami. I am predicting that you are listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Dean Kane. You're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, and so am I. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. A woman on the radio talks about revolution when it's already And welcome, I'm, uh, I don't even know where to begin with today, but I, I asked Seth to sit in. Josh, I have not brought this up to. Of course, I brought it in, up to the apathetic Pulley the Mole and got exactly the response I would you would imagine. From somebody who cares so little about anything. Yeah, if this was a so what, I'd so what it. Right, he would. Okay, so um, you want to get into... Uh, Dude, no, get, wait, Seth's very busy. Good, good. Seth's very busy. <laughs> Ask right. him his question. So, nationally ranked team, going to play number three Notre Dame. Arguably, winning the game would have meant a lot to Syracuse University. Um and certainly spoiled probably Notre Dame's ability to get into uh, the playoff. I think if they lost to Syracuse, they'd have been out. Um, with that said, all I kept saying to the probably at least 10 people now I've said this to this morning, either via telephone, and I'll pose it to Josh and to Seth because I've, I've already posed it to Paulie. Fourth down on the 10-yard line, you're losing the game 36 to nothing, and you decide on fourth down to send your field goal unit out to possibly make the game 36-3. to Your reaction to that? I don't know why you do that. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I, I started laughing uh, also. I, I thought it was kind of weird. I did ask Dino after the game uh-huh. um, at the press conference, and, and I asked him more so about the first one, when it was fourth and goal at the four, and there were eight minutes left, um, because kicking a field goal there still made it a four-possession game. You were down four possessions. You would right. still be down four possessions. Um, and so I asked him about it, and he said, you know what, if we had we had one play that we would have had to score, and then we would have had to kick an onside kick and get it, and then we would have had to score again, and then kick an onside kick again and get it. And and he basically said that he just did like the analysis of, we're not going to win, so what play poses less of an in- injury risk, kicking the field goal or running another play? I think at and the end so of the that, game. So that's what Dino Babers did. D- Dino decided fewer chances for injury on a kick. Well, I think that too that he wanted to lock. He didn't want the shutout. He did, he wanted to take at least. He knew that his special teams could get three points. So I sat there when 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 it was going on, and I screamed at the television, and I screamed at the top top of my lungs, "Are you kidding me?" And then I tried to go through as the head coach the possible scenarios an injury. It's a football game. It's a football game. I didn't want to get my guys hurt. Really. Yeah. Jesus. I think you're down so, 30 so, points. It so, doesn't matter either so, way. So I then thought, are we trying to end on some type of a positive note that we scored? Or, and then I, I again, maybe, again, I, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm This is one person's opinion. Nine besides Paulie out of the 10 people that I said this to went, are you kidding me? You throw the ball into the end zone and you try to score a touchdown. If you don't score the touchdown from 10 yards out, you lost 36-0. But you do not kick a field goal 
There was no point spread at 34 and a half or something. It doesn't, but it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. If it was 36 to 7, who cares? Do you think they walk off the field feeling better about themselves? I, I think, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm just saying for, strictly from a football mentality that I was raised in, kicking a field goal was not a positive. It was throwing up a white flag to me. There was no we positives in that game. Even right. if they got a touchdown, it, it wasn't there, a positive. There wouldn't have been a positive, and I, and I don't think that they were going for a positive of just getting points on the board. Yeah. I, I think it was just. It, it, I think it was literally they they just it's done just some assessment. And they were I, like, let's get out of here. I but right. I, I again. I see. But we had driven down the field to within. 10 yards, and it was a long drive, and we got down within 10 yards of scoring with one more opportunity to put it, and you go for the touchdown. You go for the, if you, it, again, to, directly to your point is my point, and that is, if you lose 36 nothing or 36-3, to but if you sh- prove that your 50-point offense three times this season can't score a single touchdown and you don't even try on the last play, that, that I'm, I'm telling you, it didn't matter. There's all kinds of things to talk about about the game, about what if and Dungey Hurd and DeVito being you know tamed and this and that and the line. and you know There's lots of things that we got the crap beat out of us. I get it. I just hate it. I hate it. This viewer, not everybody, I hated that they kicked that field goal. I hated that field. I would have rather have missed going for a touchdown and lost thirty-six to nothing. I, I think I don't think the players cared. I, I think they just wanted to get the hell out of there. And, I think uh, in a game like that, you probably don't. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Dino came out in the post-game press conference and was like. He was just. It felt like he was over it. Like he yeah. knew that game was over for gotta, so long. They got to put that like, game you know behind him. Whatever. Move along. Like if they were on the fifty, they were, they're not going to throw a hail mary. They're going to run the ball and run the clock out. You know. That's so, way different than being on the ten. Don't uh, compare them. That's not the no, same. No, no, but it is. It's the same thing. Seth's it's like right you're not about trying hard. Seth's right about the four yard line. Why kick a field goal? Why? If they stop you on the four and they got to go ninety six. You make every effort to score a touchdown. You're going to go play another physical team that could hold you really, really low in points, that runs the ball very, very well in Boston College, and and, and we're playing them next week, which could decide the outcome of which bowl game we go to beating them because they were nationally ranked, but they lost to Florida State. And Florida State, by the way, just became bowl eligible, which ironically— For the thousandth time in a row since since before electricity. Since since Moses parted the sea. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, and I'm not criticizing anybody on the staff. I'm, not, I just hated that moment. I really did. I hated that moment. I hated the whole game as a fan. You know, like, but they took it, was nothing it's out of it that yeah. I was, yeah, it was just yeah, they, a but miserable experience. They took experience. it to us. I mean, they took it to when Dungey threw the interception oh, early yeah. on. I was like, uh oh, you know, don't let this get away from you, kid. And then he gets hurt. And I and and, and by the way, he's done. Right, he's not playing against BC. They haven't said yet. They haven't said He's anything. History. But He's it, history. He's history. Yeah, look, if it personally, uh, I don't think a back is something to mess around with. Yeah, no, I, no, I just I don't like forget football playing future. Like, how about just yeah. living as a person? If future, has, yeah, it, if it's he, just not worth it. And Listen. if he has aspirations of playing again, <laughs> right? This he's done enough. Plus, you know, you're you've already made the bowl game, and not you've got a young from, quarterback that not, you can learn. Not just that, but from a coaching standpoint. And now here's the decision from a coaching standpoint. We had this a bit of a a seesaw thing going on between DeVito and Dungey and what they were going to do and Eric shut them up he came out he played very very well they scored a lot of points he looked very good and we quelled this this freshman DeVito going to step in at this point 
going into Boston College and knowing we're already going to at least the pinstripe and blah, and are we going to the camping world? If we soundly beat BC, I think we have a chance to go to Orlando. I think we do. Um, we didn't slip too badly. We went from 12 to 19. If we beat BC, who was ranked last last week, I don't think they will now that they lost to I Florida mean, State. I think that if I think that if this is going to sound insane, but if if you beat Boston College soundly enough and the right things happen ahead of you, you could still end up in a New Year's Six ball. Like you need everything to go right, right for you, right? But it's it's still possible. But but, uh, but I'm even I'm even looking at you know Paulie brought up a really a really good point about why the bowl committees who have a, quite a bit of say are going to be interested in having so don't think people weren't watching to see how much orange was in that stadium and everything they are of course and so to have us regionally be invited and bypass going that to go to Orlando we'll travel well to Florida for sure. We will. We're not going to travel well to Texas. We're not going to travel as well as we are in Florida. We have a contingency that lives in Florida, an alumni association that's in the state. So, yeah, I agree. I I, I think we're really looking at two. We're looking at pinstripe or camp camping world. And if we go to camping world, um, I think we'll travel okay to go to that. But make no mistake about it, we have to beat Boston College to go to that bowl game for sure. Absolutely for sure. So I don't I don't see why it's not possible for him to start DeVito and then consider who's going to start in the bowl game and probably give that to Eric well, again? Well, see, if Eric's available to go, this is the exact same thing you were saying about the field goal. If Eric's available to go, you've got a lot you can do in this season still. You can get you can get that double-digit wins. Exactly. You play him. It's the exact same thing as kicking a field goal without 36 nothing. If you, I, 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 or I, well, if or he's available is, to I, go, or, go. Or this is the out that's given to the coaching staff yes, to make the quarterback right, yeah. change. I... I I respectfully disagree with you. I do not see starting DeVito while you're trying to preserve Dungey to get to because we're going to a bowl game anyway. So if you're if you're trying to be, but you want to preserve him and make sure a back injury is not something that you want to mess yeah, around. I'm with. saying if he's available, you use him. Okay, okay, hang on, hang on. If if there's a risk at playing him. I don't think we we lose definitely the run threat. I think Devito probably throws the ball better than Dungey yes. does. So we come after BC with Devito, rest Dungey, and then see who the opponent's going to be if we go to the camp camping world, and and, and uh, that might be. But again, this has all to do with speculation on how serious an injury is to Dungey. You know, when you he dropped like a sack of potatoes. I mean, he went down. He walked up to the huddle. He thought he was going to, and then suddenly it was bad. So that usually is a nerve, something that. And that, re- and reporters said after the game that he couldn't even walk out to the bus. Right, he had to get you know right. carted out to the bus. So. so from not walking to now what? So what's more valuable? A if a, he can't play, then don't play him. No, but no, if no, he no, can but, play, but, play him. We're talking about the nuances of it right now, not whether or not the kid might grit it out and go out there and say he can play. But what's the toll that that plays on him to play against somebody in a bowl game versus you know we're not playing Clemson, we're playing BC. Granted, a decent opponent, but I think we get away with Devito playing against against BC easier than we have have Dungy hurt. I'm going to have a hot take. I think beating BC is more important than winning any bowl game. You finish second in the ACC. Atlanta, you get nine wins yeah, in the regular season. Yeah, When's I, the last time you did that? Yeah, I think it's way more important if you can go against BC. You go that. Yeah, you, in the one of the toughest divisions in football, you're going to finish second behind well, the well, grant, number two team in the country. Well, one 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 is is um is obvious because we're not going to the Camper World bowl game if we don't beat BC. Yeah. So I was I was already saying that has to happen. 
maybe I didn't make that clear to you, but I'm going to tell you this right now. Go sit down with the assistant coaches and tell them beating Tennessee or somebody in the camper world is a more valuable recruiting thing to say that you want to bowl that. That's well, what the, they talk about. The higher bowl game you go yes. to, the more valuable it is. For yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I, I would. Uh, that big win at the pinstripe. Hanging, hanging number two in the crushed him in the pinstripe division Paulie. in your third year as head coach is more impressive than winning the camp. We want we want Mole Junior to come it to our university because we won matter, the pinstripe. Again. It doesn't matter if you win the bowl; it, yeah. it matters that you went to the yeah, bowl. Yeah, you just can't get winning. Bowl. It helps a lot. Yeah, sure, but <laughs> but being able to say you you went to a higher caliber bowl. One matters. more word out of you, Josh. I I have I have questions, but you guys are rolling. Go. I just wanted to ask Paulie what the conditions were like down there because it seemed like nobody could hold on to the ball. Was it wet? Was it misty? No, it was fine. No, it was 45 degrees. and sunny. Yeah. I, yeah, it was wet and misty in the garden, too. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, I didn't know what the story was. I... It, all those interceptions, people kept losing the ball. I didn't know what it was like. Dumpster fire in the city. That's oh, it was terrible. What, what happened in the garden, too? This was like my worst nightmare. I although, although I will throw in... That we tied Colin Coward, Alec, with his picks, and we're back on the Levitar show for a record, what is it, 12 weeks now? Or? I don't mean to act like Nostra Daniel, but I told everybody going into the season, this team is the exact same team that struggled to score last year, and it's struggling to score this oh, year. Is it, is it the... Okay. Poor, poor Ed Levine spent a lot of money f- to see a lot of losses last week. <laughs> yeah, it's a great one licking his wounds for about 80 grand. Oh, wow, a lot of people went down to see a lot of losses. <laughs> wow. All right, listen, let's go to an early break, and we're going to come back, and let's break down. You sticking around, Seth? Uh, he has his own show. He's got, he's got he's things big. to do. Seth's big, man. I don't know what. but <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with us. Yeah. Oh, somebody's on hold. Wow, well, get him on right now. Tom in D.C. Todd in DC. Tom. Tom in DC, you're on the air. No, not Tom. It's Todd. Oh, it's a Todd. <laughs> it's Todd. Oh, it's a Todd. Hold on, Todd. We'll you. get you next. Tom. <laughs> you idiot, Paulie. It, Neil wrote it. No, he wrote the wrong name Neil up wrote there. the wrong name. Let's go to break. We'll Hold come on. right back with a Todd Thomas. I'm so excited. It's time for. Uh, um, I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control and I just can't. Um. So what? It's unlistenable radio. You understand the me? Daniel Baldwin show. Run. Hey now. Uh, it's Neil on. Is, on? Neil's Come on. on. Yeah, yeah, but are you ready? That's, that's uh, our amazing semi producer, Neil, <laughs> who, wrote, who wrote on our board that Tom is on line one. And <laughs> then turns. Like, this. Is that the same guy who misspelled Buddy Bayhives? Yeah, that's that's exactly be. who it is. And then what we got going on over there, Daniel? Man, we're gonna, we're going to talk about probably maybe one of the worst weekends. First, we're going to play so what, but then we're going to we're going to go into the next segment and talk about. But he I, hung up on a ton too. Yeah, and he hung, hung up, on, up on me. He, hung up on, he came in here going, "Does anybody have his phone?" Call number? me Butterfingers. I think I hung up on Tom. <laughs> Tom. And then right. he spelled his name wrong again on the screen. On the screen wrong. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm it's, sorry, it's, Tom. It's, we, it's we, all good. we appreciate you. We're going to play So What? And we're going to talk Q's basketball and dropping two in a row in the garden and get your opinion on a bunch of things. I, I mean, I I watched both games and uh, it wasn't pretty. But let's go to So What? Josh, go. LeBron James erupts for a season-high 51 points to lead the Lakers past the Heat. D- does anything he does shock anybody anymore? No. No, no. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't, and I, I mean, they were okay. Dwayne Wade was out. You know what I mean. The the their record was what eight and seven, 
something like that. Um, you know, was he patting his stats at the end, you know, maybe a little bit, or was he rubbing it in Pat Riley's face? I don't know, but it looked good anyway. I don't even care about any of that. It looked good. It was 51 points. Yeah, you know, I, I this I've always felt that this year is this strange year for somebody who is as athletically gifted and done as many things as he has in the sport. But you know what? This is one of those bye years. This is he's, he to me is Le'Veon Bell. You know, just don't get hurt because the Lakers aren't going to do anything big out there. They're, I just don't believe they're going to. And and they've you know they've dotted it with some some interesting guys who are you know near the end of their career. Uh, had he had some two of the guys that he has now in the first five years of their career, they'd be a threat. You know, they would. But, but uh, you know, they're waiting to see clearly, in my opinion, um, what's going to happen with a couple of people that are big, big names that make that kind of impact that will be available next season. Um, mostly, uh, I think, Kawhi. Uh, and I think also um, Kevin Durant, you know, and I think that the Lakers will make a play at Durant is what I think they're going to do. And, and Anthony Davis as well. But I yeah. mean, uh, okay, let me ask you this. Is this Laker team better than the Cleveland team he had last year? Yes, I think they are. But they're in the West. But they're in the West. Good point. Yeah, but they're in the West. So, you know, you're, you're, that's, that's like uh, I remember when I went away to college and and. and and I went from, you know, a, a pretty big high school division, you know, with where there was, let's face it, you're put in the divisions that you're put in in high school based on the enrollment in your school. So when you have two guys that are playing forward and center that are 6'6 six, six, and one guy 6'4 at the school, and that's at a, a school that has 400 kids in their graduating class. And then you go play the big city team that has 1,200 kids in their graduating class and their whole front line is 6'10". <laughs> you know, I mean, because they've got that many more options, and the same thing, you know, will be said here. They're playing against play against the the third place team could beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, so you know, back when LeBron was on the team, I mean, they're, right. they're just that deep. So, so uh, Todd, you saw both of them in person playing in your days. Who's better, the Jordan or or LeBron? Let's throw the oh, goat Lord, question. Oh Lord, that debate again. Let's yeah. throw the goat out there. Let's go. I go. mean, okay. First of all, you have to wait until LeBron is finished. Uh, that's what I think, to be able to really par- properly assess the two and say, okay, which one's better. That's what I think. Is that a cop-out? No. I think well, you just have to wait uh, right, I'm gonna tell you body of flip. work I'll, before you make that assessment. I'll t- change one, the question really quick. Okay. Who would you rather have the ball in their hands last, last shot of the game? That's a different question. That is a different question. It's a different course, question. You can't really go against Jordan. I mean, No, you that's know. a different question. Yeah, it's a different question. Okay, so, so there's two things I'll throw out there to settle this argument. In my opinion. Okay. Number one, um, when they when they ask about guys like Steph Curry and blah, and I say, yeah, but if Steph Curry played when I played basketball, if Steph Curry played in the eighties, they'd have turned around and put somebody's chest on his chest anywhere he went, knowing he could drive by them, knowing that you can't guard the three and protect him driving, because if he drove, three guys would have dropped him. The, the game was very different when Michael had to drive by people and do things than it is today with LeBron playing. That's well, number. Well, well, okay. Well, let me just say to that, though, um, you know, LeBron would have adjusted his game if he played back then as well. I yes. mean, look at Le- LeBron's, like, his frame. Well, I, wasn't, I mean, I wasn't, he's bigger than Michael. I, I mean, was, if you have LeBron playing in the, in, in, in the 80s, and you know what I mean, they would be completely different as well. Yeah. I mean, the, the reason why people, you know, flop and do all that extra stuff now is because the game is different. Right. You know, that wasn't called back then. Right. Uh, but but, but, but if, you, if, if you heard what I said, I, did, I wasn't talking about LeBron. I was throwing, mm-hmm. a ste- I was throwing Steph in. In the mix too, just to make it interesting, spicy. Well, would up. he be Isaiah Thomas? 
No, Steph Curry's not even in the same conversation. The top twenty guys that ever played in the NBA. Oh my goodness! Not even. I, I just you don't had think, a you don't think, Wait, wait. You don't think Steph Curry's in the same conversation as the top twenty guys that ever played oh. in the NBA? No, I can name twenty guys that were better oh, than Steph Curry. No. Oh yeah, I'd have to respectfully disagree with you on that oh, one. I mean, I he, don't might even be, he might be the greatest shooter that we have seen in the NBA. Right. He's 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 one of the greatest shooters for sure. There's that's for sure. And I've seen the microwave, and I've seen AD, and I've seen lots of guys that light it up like that too. And if right. they, and, and 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 if those guys had played in this era where you have to play two you know two steps off the ball because you, because you can't hammer him oh when he drives God. they'd have scored like that too in my opinion hot take but here's the here's here's here, was so here's hot. where here's where I settled it's and I the never leading cause of global warming now. here's here's where, here's here's where I never thought I would say this cuz I always thought I would say Michael was the greatest uh-huh. but here's where I made the the decision and I give the nod to LeBron and I'll tell you why I give the nod to Bron for exactly what Etan just said. We have to wait to see him finish his career. And I watched Michael go to Washington, and I watched Michael. Michael didn't go to Washington and take them to the NBA Finals. He didn't, and he was in his and he was in his his clo- his, his his closing years. LeBron James almost single-handedly took that Cleveland team twice with teams that were just as bad as the Washington Wizards, where everyone knew. The great fascinating thing when I spoke with Jim Brown, when he said, you got to remember something. I think one of the things that I will take some credit for is when we walked on the field, every single one of the 11 guys knew they had to tackle me. They weren't worried about it being thrown. They weren't worried about somebody else getting it. They were... They looked at me and they said, make sure he, when he's going to get the ball 85% of the time, tackle him. And he still got all those yards. Same as O.J. Simpson did when he ran for the Bills. Same as, as what happens when you play in a LeBron James, Cleveland Cavaliers team. You know he is dependent on to score 35 points. You know he's going, and he still does anyway. I don't think Michael had that in the last five years of his career, which is why I give the nod to LeBron James. But, but wait a minute, though. He, he, you know, Michael was 40. I mean, we have to see if if LeBron can do that when he's forty. I yeah, mean, you have yeah. to really put that, you know, put that factor in there to to really properly. I mean, you know, Michael came back from being um, away from the league for a year, and I remember him coming out because I grew up a Knicks fan and lighting up the Knicks for like fifty five in the garden the day he came back. I mean, he he did some incredible things that would be able to really put him, you know, you know, tip it over his way. But like like we said, you have to see what happens when when it's all said and done. We got to watch careers over. We got to watch the next five years, right. Josh. Uh, Stephen Bailey reports that as of right now, Syracuse has listed Eric Dungy and Tommy DeVito as co-starters against Boston College on Saturday. We'll have an update from Babers at 11.30 today. So what? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so yeah, what? I would have to say so what. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, I mean li- li- listen, listen. I mean, the, uh, yeah, I'd just leave it at so what. So what? <laughs> yeah, right. Disgraced Buffalo Bills quarterback Nathan Peterman is working out with the Detroit Lions right now. That's even that's even beyond so what you know and so I tweeted out to Golik and Wingo and to the Redskins and to another another few people based on the terrible injury and the fact that they're poised to still be in a position to win the believe it or not the Washington Redskins could win the NFC East and so with that said do you bring Colin Kaepernick back every opening oh my goodness what do you mean every opening? he fits right into that no he does he, right he's now. backed he, up colt mccoy before he's he's he's, he's he'd be a, worked with the coaches time to put this to rest give this man a chance he took he took it on the chin for what he believed in and you know what uh, why would you not at least give him an opportunity to work out and see if he, he's not better than Nathan Peterman? He's better than Nathan Peterman in a wheelchair. He's better right. than Nathan Peterman. So, again, what would be the reason if your goal 
And this isn't some type of a racist overtone that's happening in this league right now where he hasn't been blackballed. When your job in the front office is to deliver the best potential winning package and back up Colt McCoy, shame on them if they don't bring in Colin Kaepernick right now because he's one of the best available based on what's on the market right now. But Sanchez is better? That's who they're thinking of signing, Sanchez. They're bringing him in to work out too, Mark Sanchez. I mean, it, I mean, Mark Sanchez. If you make a case, tell, tell me the case for Mark Sanchez over Colin Kaepernick. The people who say that they shouldn't, you know, bring in Colin Kaepernick. That's, that's what I want to hear. The case for Mark Sanchez. No, you know what I want to do. What I want to do is I want to, Atan. I, I want them to bring Kaepernick in like you would with anybody else, mm-hmm. and have him throw, run, and see what he does. And t- why doesn't he get even an opportunity to try out? If they don't bring him in to try him out. I, I think that's a shame. I think that's a crime, actually. I think, so I think I, that kind of helps out his collusion case if they don't. But even for a tryout, you know what I mean? Even even if they don't pick him, but he actually comes in for a tryout with his group of, of quarterbacks who they're bringing in right. and say say they don't like the way he does X, Y, and Z. All right, that's something. You at least you at least did something. But if they don't even bring him in, I mean, that's it's, it's really beyond ridiculous to me. I believe so, too. The question will be is the PC people, will they be able to cheer for him if he signs with the Redskins? They'll cheer for whoever wins. Honestly, I mean that, that, that's what yeah, I man, think. If they come and and if he comes in and they win and they beat the Cowboys and you know they they're on top of it, they'll they'll, they'll cheer. That's that's what I think. And, and, and Colin has gone and said that uh, with other teams earlier on, Seattle was in the mix thinking about getting him to back Wilson up. And he said, "Listen, if it makes a difference for me to say that I'm that I would find a different way off the field to make my state my statements about social issues, I won't kneel." He said, "I won't kneel." So, right, but but if it's a but if it's a prerequisite to say that we will not sign you unless you agree to do this, then that might be a different issue. But that that shouldn't even be brought to the table right now. You know what I mean? That their focus should be right now on you know coming in, backing in Colt, <laughs> and backing up Colt, and who can do that the best. That should be the focus right now. I agree. Finally, the Cleveland Browns deny that they were ever looking at former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice for the head coach job. I think they were all checking her out. She had a really nice, tasty skirt on, and I think. Oh my! God. Oh, I'm sorry. You're talking about coaching. <laughs> yes. I beg your pardon. Sixty-four year old Condoleezza I mean, Rice. They're going to deny it after she said no, thank you. I mean, I don't right. know. I don't know. I kind of, kind of, kind of iffy to me. I mean, she came out with the with the statement, and you know, she said she's not interested in doing that right now, and they think that somebody, you know, someday there might be a um, a time. When women are be or should have the head coach, but she had this long lengthy statement, and then they denied it. I don't know. Well, sounds kind of fishy to me. The thing is, is she could be a GM or something right now. I have no issue with that. But you can't bring someone in who's never dealt with a locker room before. You know that that would be. I think there's a workup uh, on coaching an NFL football I, team. You don't just. That would be kind of jarring. I, I, I agree, and I also think that when we look at some of the positions, because I did a little research, and we have um, uh, one assistant coach. Uh, under Gruden with the Redskins, that's um, actually a female, and we have a. You know, I get it in basketball. I get it because they come from a basketball vernacular. They understand basketball, and and coaching the game does not change dramatically. It may, maybe physically it changes, but the rules of engagement don't change, and the rules of the game don't change. If you bring in, you know, uh, um, 
Nancy Lieberman, you know, back in the day or whatever to coach. And, and is she qualified to coach an NBA team? She certainly knows enough about basketball and is accomplished enough, enough as a female. But to bring a female who is the Secretary of State who's never coached a single down in football to be the head coach? <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. But a GM, she certainly is a savvy negotiator and business person. I could see that. But no, I don't I don't see a woman ever becoming the head coach of an NFL team. I don't see it. I, it's If it happens, it's going to be a work up to it. It's not going to be, okay, let's just take the former Secretary of State maker coach, you know. Yeah, no, that's crazy. That's crazy. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk Q's basketball with a ton. Or Tom, one or the other. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey, now! Jumping back on the break, getting on Paulie's face, trying to tell me my job. Um, I'm your boss. You're no one right now. You're you're Wahlberg. Yeah. Eitan is on the line, and we're going to talk. Or Tom. Is it, or, or we can call him Tom today. Um, we're going to talk Syracuse basketball. Is this the worst weekend in SU? I'm, I'm really trying to calculate this. Is this the worst weekend in SU men's sports history? We lose twice as a ranked basketball team in two days, and we lose on the national spotlight the first time we're ranked in football on the third day. I mean, it wasn't a great weekend. I mean, we can't really, you know, to me, dispute that. But as far as the football side, I mean, eight and three ain't nothing to be upset about. You know, especially when two of the losses have been what to, to teams ranked two and three in the nation. Right. I That's mean, true. you know, one of those was like at the last minute that could have easily gone, you know, our way, and the other one was to a rival. You know what I mean? On the road in overtime, and you know, the rival won. What did they win? The ACC Coastal or something yes. like that. So there's nothing really to to hang their heads about that much. I mean, it was still good, and they're gonna, still going to get into a good bowl and everything like that. I mean, but the basketball team, that's a different story. I mean, we got a little bit of work to, to do with the basketball team, to be honest with you. You know, I wasn't that shocked. I was really looking forward to seeing Bowl Bowl. I, you know, I, I don't know if you knew Minute or, or uh, of I, course. Imagine, I imagine you played against him. Um, no, no, no. He was he was he was older than me, but I but I he was fifty when he graduated from college. <laughs> <laughs> he was a little before me, but yeah, I, I'm definitely familiar with his son. I mean, and he's what is he a seven one guard? I mean, he's, he looked yeah, great. He looked great. He really looked great. That team, um, the Syracuse basketball team, r- really is in trouble when they don't have their point guard out there. They looked um, very confused. I, I, I didn't think, uh, I didn't realize how much Hughes meant to them. You no, know? definitely. I mean, I think Beheim said it perfectly when he, you know, said having, you know, having, you know, Frank Howard out is like a, you know, a football team playing without the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have to look at the stats and, and how much they played last year. They played like 39 minutes a game. You know, I mean, so that could have accounted for the lack of flow in the offense because it had no flow. I mean, they had some one-on-one players, you know, but it looked like playground for a minute. Like they were just kind of, I don't know, discombobulated the entire time. I I, and, t- I talked to Coach after the game, and his first thing was, if you think that Frank Howard coming back is going to make the players score – that you're you're mistaken though. Do you think that that it's going to change that much? The shots are going to start falling just because Frank's on the floor. I think they're going to be better shots. I don't think that I don't think Frank is just going to be the savior, and then they all of a sudden start you know instead of shooting what was it four for thirty or whatever it was from the three point line, then all those shots are just going to start falling. No, I don't think that at all. But I think there's an offensive flow that's going to happen a little bit better, and I think that's when you need your point guard. You need your general out there. Um, but no, he's not going to be the, the the save all. So I hope people aren't aren't saying that. They have a lot of things that they have to 
continue to work on. And you know, it kind of goes to to that to that to that notion of is it better to play um, you know high competition early, or is it play, better to play kind of the the tune up games, the warm up games? And it kind of depends on the makeup of your team. But right now, without the point guard, I mean, I think they kind of need a little bit more tune up games. So then, what jumped out at you most? I mean, we 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 lose to an unranked UConn team, and and you know, it was interesting because. You, I myself, who grew up on Long Island and have extensive ties to the Syracuse area and spent a lot of time up here in my youth and now live here, um, would have thought that it would have been a more equally balanced crowd in the garden. Now, I don't know if it's just the UConn fans were louder, but boy, it seemed like they had more momentum in the stands. They came to really, you know, remember that old Big East rivalry, and they took it to Syracuse. They took it to them inside. They took it to them outside. And and you know, I don't understand the complexities of the zone. But I told this before. I told this in Washington. I called it my squiggy scenario. You ready for my squiggy scenario, Ton? What's your squiggy scenario? Okay, so you get out on the floor and you turn around, and you know, and this this happened to me a number of times. Um, uh, it happened to me with Shelton Jones. It happened to me guarding Walter Berry. It happened to me guarding some good basketball players. And, you know, when I ended up being the guy that was going to guard him, the rule of thumb was, hey, get out there and get a hand up on him. And if he gets by you, we'll collapse on him. We'll take our chances if he goes by you because we don't want to just give him the three. So the first time Squeaky comes out and he chucks up a three and he hits it and they kind of look at you and you run down the court. Then he does it a second time. Then he does it a third time and somebody on my team's going to pat me on the butt and say, hey man, get out there and get a hand up on him. He's hot. Right. Well, I looked at this game and, and I and I broke. I had it broken down into a shot chart and they made three three-pointers from the right side and they made 10 from the left side. You would think, even in the zone, that the adjustment would be made to step out. They were on fire. They shot 60% or something from three-point range and they made 10 within eight feet of each other. And we did. And as the game progressed, they just kept chucking them from deeper and no one was out there to guard them. What am I missing about what needs to be done in a zone defense? Don't you stretch the zone or you just... I, I didn't get it. I couldn't understand it. Well, that's what I was actually going to say. You have to stretch the zone. I mean, once they knock down a few shots, then you have to stretch out a little bit and make them beat you inside. You know, make them kind of, you know, you're either going to go to the high post, you're going to dribble and kick. You know what I mean? Those are kind of your options. So you're going to go um, off the back to try to throw a lob or something like that. But those are your, are your options. So if one is, is, is hurting you, then you kind of adjust to the other. And I didn't see the adjustment. Uh, usually on the, you know, on the wings, you have long athletic guys, you know what I mean? That can really cover a lot of area. And really get out there, and you're not gonna you're not gonna give up that many three point shots. But I mean, like I said, there's there's a lot of things that need to be done a lot better um, for the team to be able to have success this this season. Of course, the defensive pressure is one of them. Knocking down shots is another. One. What have, um, what have you ahead. what have you seen out of the bigs so far? I like the big fella. I mean, I mean, he you know he gets in there, he alters shots. You know, he's seven two. He he comes in there and he. You know, I, it, I'm not going to put it all on him. I mean, I, 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 for one thing, the, the four for 30 or four for whatever whatever that stat was, I don't know what it exactly was, that really stuck out to me because if, if, if we're missing that many three-pointers, why don't we just stop shooting three-pointers? I don't like this, this. This is the whole new Golden State type of uh, mentality that so many players have right now that they're just going to shoot themselves out of it. That anything, everything's going wrong, we're just going to shoot a three. 
And I, I remember seeing Houston last year in the playoffs, and they missed like it was like one for 18, something crazy, and they kept shooting threes. And this is just a new basketball that, that, that wasn't there before. Well, you know, funny enough you say that because, and maybe, again, maybe I'm just too trapped in the 80s and in the 70s, but one of the ways to neutralize a big physical kid that UConn threw out there, and he did, he owned the boards, he played well, he scored like about eight more points than his than his season average last year, um, was to get the ball into Chuk and get him in foul trouble. Put the ball down in the paint to see what he's going to do against a seven foot two guy and, and put some heat on him. We didn't do that at all. Right. Uh, you know, and it wasn't until late, you know, in the game that he finally, you know, by pushing, pushing, they out rebounded us by like 14 rebounds. I mean, they just owned us inside too. It was a, it was just a really they bad They got effort. owned everywhere. Yeah, they got owned everywhere. Yeah, it was sure. brutal. It was brutal. But, th- but I think they can play a lot better than what they played this weekend. I mean, I don't think this is indicative of how they're going to play the entire season, but they got to get to get it together quick. Yeah, no doubt. Tom, thank you so much for joining us, brother. You know we love your inside uh, uh, opinions and vision on things. You're far more knowledgeable than we are, so we appreciate you, brother, and we will talk to you next Monday. We'll okay. be right. We'll be back with more of The Big Show. This is The Daniel Baldwin Show. Forrest will sit in with us after lunch. Take a look at these drawings. <laughs> There's a... Not even trying with the Ram. Not even trying. Rams Chiefs tonight as we make our picks. The Daniel Baldwin Show is brought to you by Baldwinsville General Dentistry and Cam's Pizzeria. Okay, so the board fell on my head. I think we have that on the Facebook. Yeah, we need to make a gift. And I Kung Fu Fu panned it right back (laughs) on there. Uh, So that's why you see a little near the tip of the arrow. You see uh, a a, a spot missing. (laughs) Just a spot on the tip? Spot on the tip missing at the tip of the arrow. Wow, your poor wife. Well, um, we're Jewish. Yeah, my wife's Jewish. <laughs> I understand. Lovely member of the tribe. Are you Jewish? No, I'm not Jewish. I was Can say, we make a pick? All right, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I'm picking the Chiefs. Chiefs plus Chiefs. three and a half. Chiefs plus three and a half. Rams. Rams. I'll take the Chiefs plus three. And yeah. Uh, I have to. I picked them on the Levitard show. Did, yeah. um, so the Kansas City, the Arrow. It, it's not bad. Um, the Ram. I like the eye on the Ram. I think the eye's very sinister looking. Where'd the color uh, go? Where's though? the color on the ram? I don't I just didn't I just uh, didn't color it in this time. Uh, I, I wanted to do something different. I, I'm so I, that's busy probably the logo I've drawn calls. the most. I'm sorry, Charlie. I left my condoms at home. What are you talking about? You didn't color it in. It's a half done job. I'm Farce, sorry. You're so, you what, do everything oh, no, full no, no, ass, not no, half no, no, ass. No, no, no. Let's ask him now, honestly. What did you do last night? You are uh, all over the place. You're a mess You're today. You're a mess today. <laughs> I really didn't no, I mean, do anything. anything. Nor- nor- normally, normally, I know it's coming. There could be a, ooh, I hit somebody in the parking lot. I, you <laughs> know, I, 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 the, the show went off. The live feed for the Buffalo Bills game went off for 20 minutes, and yeah. I didn't know. Or like We, yeah. we, we, we realized well, things We know ha- you're stupid, things but this happen. is the next level. This is next level. I said next level. I never said that. I never said because I don't believe that's true. But was he saying was stupid is as stupid does? Oh, like no, that. no, yeah, no, let me hear that. Stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> oh, is that what he oh, well. says? All right. What do you? No, hold on. I just want to know well, what did you, know you do last night? He doesn't even know uh, what he said. I went hard last night. You did. Yeah, what happened yeah. last night? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do last night? Did you go night? ham on Nothing. booze? Oh yeah, definitely. Will you answer the question? I watched the Bears pl- kick the Vikings' ass last night. That's all I did. Sober. Yes, and then I watched no Breaking No cocktails, no weed, no nothing. No. Meth. I watched the football game, then I watched an episode Peyote. of Breaking Bad and went to bed. 
So, cool. but just watching the methamphetamines yeah, go got you got going. You going. Yeah, no, because you're all over the place today. I mean, <laughs> you you you're hanging up on our guest. I you, know. Getting the what? wrong name on the screen. I know today. Did you say anything insulting to my wife while she's here? <laughs> no. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm not going to go out there. Slash Daniel's tires. Yeah, you anything Amazon? you need to do? A little terrorism. <laughs> yeah, sabotage the show. <laughs> So you're all right. I don't have to worry about leaving you here now. I'm fine. I got meetings with lawyers. I got stuff I got to go do. Right. You know. Yeah, get me one. Hook wow. me up with one. You need a lawyer? Yeah. I'll probably do something on my way back to Auburn. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> What's going on? It's so beautiful, isn't it? He's out there, man. He's a, if we were to check like his gabapentin level or something right now, it's through the roof. He's I don't know what that is. What, yeah, is. what is gabapentin? Gabapentin is a chemical that you need in your neurotransmitters. Um, so if you take, if you emit GABA, it's usually that thing, um, that helps you sleep mm-hmm. and helps you. So they have gabapentin modifiers and the, and the actual medication is called gabapentin uh, and it modifies the level of GABA. So if you take, were to take gabapentin, it would help you sleep, would help you oh, calm I like down. That. I'm thinking that we might need a little small dosage here. We need a doctor in the house, a doctor that can prescribe gabapentin to my friend Forrest Gump. <laughs> 